Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Behind the Racket Pod. The podcast taking you behind the racket with today's top tennis players and biggest issues facing the sport. Behind the Racket is a community to give fans and players in the world of tennis the opportunity to open up like they have never done before. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. It can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at Mike C Tennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now... Part of the U.S. Open double squad with Noah Rubin this past year, Tyson Kwiatkowski. Uh, it was a really good memory for all of us that got to watch it. Um, two guys blasting from the baseline. Uh, Ty, thank you for joining us here. Uh, you know, Newport Beach champion. Congratulations on a, a really good 2020 so far. Thanks, Mike. Excited to be here with my friend, my two friends here. Yeah, Ty doesn't really know the theme He'll get into it soon. Is shit on Noah, so that that mm. happens a lot. I mean, Ty does it. I've listened to a few. I know, I know, I know, I know the thing. <laughs> Ty knows, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, we've had some fun on the doubles court. I actually remember the Tallahassee video we made, and then to play doubles at the Open. I'm still upset with Bambridge, and I still can't look him in the eyes because we just. Well, that's be because you're eight inches shorter than him. Okay. And it begins. And wow. it begins. Yeah. Wow, that's that a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. It's like a roast. It's, it's wow. not a podcast. <laughs> okay. Um. I. So you started the year, Ty. Um. Uh, you were the first challenger main draw match winner of the year, I believe, in in Numea. Um. But you also let's see. You lost your luggage on your way there, or yeah. American Airlines lost your luggage for you. Um, if if your tweets are accurate, you uh, lost a relationship, mm. um, and then you're fighting with with your coach, and then all of a sudden you're winning a title. Uh, I talked to you in in New York as well, and I thought you were uh, done for. Uh, it seemed like you were just mentally out of it. What the hell has happened? Um, I had a really good off season. I actually I got injured after Tiburon, so I had um, all of uh pretty much all of october off and uh november before and i then trained pretty well f in for four weeks in december but that time off uh let me hit the refresh button which was really nice and uh i i yeah and i got to spend some time doing things that i really enjoy off the court um and just kind of stayed fit and didn't hit too many balls and that uh that helped me refresh, and then I actually started missing the game a lot, which um, I think when you're hungry, especially at the challenger level, that makes a huge difference when you show up to a tournament and 
um, you know, you're excited to play because a lot of guys, they play so many weeks that they show up and it's just, uh, it's just, they're there in, in body, not in spirit. And, uh, you know, Ty has some psychological immaturities at times, but I do give him credit. Never. <laughs> I do give him credit that, and he epitomizes this when things are okay off court, when he takes his breaks I mean, he's one of the toughest players all around. I mean, you're talking about a guy that's not that big, serving 145, moving extremely well. I mean, he could be anybody. I think it just kind of came together during Newport where he was feeling good mentally, which he's like, okay, let's just hit tennis balls now. And, you know, I think you see that right off the bat. I mean, Ty's more open with me than probably other players, and he'll tell me straight up. But there's definitely moments where... It's not the right time to be on the court, but again, you have those weeks where you're feeling good off court. You're feeling ready to play a few extra balls, and I think that's what we saw at Newport. I mean, just taking guys down, not ready for the tie, 17 different game plans coming at them, chips and serving volley, break point down, and all the same old shit that nobody is used to. <laughs> wow, you can cuss on the podcast? Oh, yeah, we do it all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah constantly. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, one one of the things I decided, uh, Carlos, my coach, and I decided in the offseason as one of our goals is that every tournament I show up to, um, I show up to it with, uh, you know, the opportunity to win, which which means like showing up physically and mentally and emotionally like ready to play the tournament. Whereas I felt last year I played, I think, 22 of 22 or some events and I maybe and I maybe uh I maybe felt like excited to play maybe 15 of them. And I think uh, I'm here in Indian Wells and it's my fifth term of the year and I've shown up at all five um, pretty ready to go. And so I'm excited to be here in Indian Wells. It's obviously one of the nicest places to play tennis. Okay, but you know how rankings work. You know that every week's an opportunity and you have guys. I mean, we were just talking, Humbert is playing, where he played every week this year so far. Yeah. So how tough is it to actually rationalize yourself it's okay to take this week off it's okay to do this how did you get to that point um yeah i mean it, it's just crazy that there are some guys out there who can just play every week like that i mean umber just took a wild card to a challenger and he's 45 in the world i mean that's i mean that's a that's good for him you know i'm, I'm happy that i'm happy i'm happy that he loves the sport that much because if I was having his success, uh, I would just be showing up in 11 days from now to get ready for the Masters. But um, yeah, I mean, to answer Noah's question, um, I mean, you just got to focus on yourself, really. And, and it's tough in America because there's so many guys and you see your peers doing well on different weeks. I mean, the thing is, there's so many events every week that somebody's going to do well every week, especially from the U.S. I mean, we've got so many guys like someone's going to do well every week. And if you're constantly looking, ah, geez, you know, someone did well this week. I've and that, you know, that gives you anxiety. Then you're going to have full, full panic every week. So, you know, you just got to worry about yourself and worry about your tennis. And I think I've been doing a lot better at that. I think it's easy for you to say that. Uh, what it's March 1st as we record this. Um, you and I both know that once you get to July, August, um, it's a little bit different when you feel like you've been doing it for literally eight months. Um, how, how do you keep that up? How do you maintain that focus um, 
through what you have said um, as well, that the season is too long. Yeah, I mean, I did ATP University and at the end of the year, and one of the guest speakers was Carlos Moya. And he basically said that him and Rafa look at it like a like a never ending season. It's just the season's Mm -hmm. always going. So they have to make their own breaks. And I think as a player, you have to do that as well. So you know, you you schedule the tournaments that you think are good for you, your game style. And then the rest of the time you make a break when you feel like either you need it or it's just the schedule doesn't work right. And you shouldn't you shouldn't be forcing the schedule. You know, you don't need to fly five hours between weeks unless you really, really have to, you know, and sometimes you do. But most of the time, you know, you don't have to. And I think that's important to realize. Also, Ty and I are, are not getting to July and August because we, we both don't have shoes. Um, so yeah. shout out to any sponsors. We're, we're both looking because uh, those people don't make those shoes anymore. Um, I'll be playing with clay court shoes uh, during uh, the City Open. So, yeah, thank you. Big, big anxiety that he brings up because I've been using the same Adidas <laughs> shoes. No joke for like 12 years. So probably since I was like 13. So, yeah, I mean... That picture you I've sent got, me uh, six months ago when it was stacked on your I've wall. Got, like, <laughs> I've got a pair and a half left. So after Indian Wells, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, maybe retire from hard courts. How well? How does that work for for fans who might not know? If you're not fully sponsored with with the shoes that are you're set with, how do you go about testing out and finding a shoe that will work for you? How do you do it? No, God. It's impossible. Well, I think, you know, what's also difficult is guys around our ranking for a lot of the clothing opportunities we get, they don't make tennis shoes. That's one. So that is a very difficult thing is these companies you're with Roan right now, they don't make tennis shoes. And, you know, even when I was with a company that did, that is such a particular thing. I mean, you see how we both slide. I mean, Ty slides when the ball's three and a half inches away from him. He needs the shoe that's going to, you know, uphold that. And we both have two left. He has a pair and a half. These were stacked on his wall and he sends me pictures every time they get down. And it's it's very depressing. Actually. It was quite exciting though <laughs> when they decided they were going to stop making them because Djokovic switched from Adidas to Asics. Um, I bought 45 pairs from Tennis Warehouse. <laughs> so, so it was crazy. I had like this, this wall, this closet in my apartment that was just all adidas shoe boxes it was pretty cool so you've had all you've had all of this time to prepare and yet you're not prepared yes yes because (laughs) if you ignore the problem enough it goes away it goes right away you just ignore the problem (laughs) if you have problems in your life just don't think about them yeah mike's fine that seems yeah Yeah. that's why i drink yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. don't worry about it yeah it was 10 a.m the last few shoes on me um ty i have found you personally to be one of the hardest people to read um in, in terms of off the court and i can never quite get that read from you and i i wonder if you think that that's a, um, a conscious decision if you think maybe i'm i'm wrong on that but um do you find yourself um a little bit more on the shy side until you get to know people what do you what do you think about your personality in that regard yeah um maybe shy i try to be i try to be approachable i mean it's it's uh like if somebody comes to me, I, I try to make sure I don't come off as rude because I'm I think I'm pretty self-aware in terms of like how um, your facial expressions and the way, what you say to people, how that, you know, how that makes them feel about you, especially mm-hmm. first impressions. But um, yeah, in general, I think I'm tough to read. I'm pretty 
I'm pretty moody, I think. Like I can be in really good moods. I can be in really bad <laughs> moods. I can be in really sad moods. But in general, I feel like I don't allow that to affect, um, you know, not affect the people around me, but I try not to, you know, that doesn't change the way I treat people, but I do have wild mood swings. So, I mean, yeah, that'll, that'll be apparent on my face walking around the site. And I'm sure that you can see that. Do you feel that need to be protective more so as a tennis player than if you were just say a regular member of the population, if you will? Yeah. I mean, I think maybe I, I do think though, if I had a normal office job, I would struggle showing up to work. <clears throat> and, and in a good mood every day you know because sometimes i wake up and it's just like ah you know it's tough not the day not the day and not then the day. if i had to roll into work at 8 15 and see like you know john across the hall and he looks at me the wrong way you know we could square up in the office <laughs> but, but it, i'm actually it's actually pretty crazy i just brought it up but you know he can have a bad practice whatever throwing the racket and then he gets off the court and somebody comes up to him and he'll be like, hey, you know, what's up? I'll be like, wow, that's crazy. You were just a freak. It was just <laughs> a practice. And then he's totally fine. So I actually don't think a lot of players do that that well. And I think that's a problem in the world. You know, it becomes very standoffish with fans or just people around the site. Um, but Ty doesn't lose sight of that, even if he wakes up, not even on the wrong side of the bed, but just not on the bed. Um, and That happened a lot. Yeah, I mean, sometimes <laughs> the mind, the mind's gone, totally it's, gone. It's not even bad mood; it's just not there. You know, sometimes when you travel to Numia, great place, and it takes four flights and a hour and a half bus ride, and you don't have bags. It's, I mean, it's a tough. It's a that tough was one. a really tough start to the year. Really, really tough. Wow. <laughs> like I played qualies that week too. I mean, this was tough, tough, very tough. Okay, but but talk about that. Talk about how do you, you're talking about the first week of the year. It's supposed to be a fresh start. Here you are after this travel and you're in qualifying. You have to win actually a match to become a person that people care about in this tournament. How do you actually get up to that match? And you were down a break in the third? Well, I mean, f first of all, <laughs> I, I felt like I had to play this tournament because I was not in the other warm tournament, which was in Bendigo. Uh, well, it was in Canberra and then got moved to Bendigo, but um, right. because I feel like I play my best when I've got matches under my belt and I've got confidence and I didn't want to go into Australia not playing any matches. So I was like, all right, I'm in Numia, I'm going to go. So f 40 hours later from the time I left my apartment, I arrived at the hotel in Numia, uh, sans bags, and um, yeah, it was... Uh, Tough, tough, very tough. And it, they didn't <laughs> arrive for 48 hours. So, like, I didn't practice. I practiced once the day, the night before the, my match because they arrived at, like, 3 p.m. I hit it, like, 5, played the next morning, first on qualities. And, uh, yeah, it was a well, two things. wild what, match. What clothes did you buy? Tell tell uh, the people yeah. what clothes oh. we bought. So, the only, <laughs> the only store that's walking distance from the hotel is a billabong. <laughs> So I had I have I have many Billabong swim trunks now. Very and, nice, uh, very nice. Very He's walking nice. around yeah, He's very, very nice. Cali esque yeah. now, but it was, it was funny because I bought flip flops, uh, swim shorts, and Billabong t shirts, <laughs> and just was walking around the site like that, and everyone was like, "Wow, this!" They, I'm sure they didn't know my bags Super were relaxed. lost, and like, "Wow, look at this guy!" Like, just shows up in the swim shorts, just chilling at the club, you know. Haven't seen him hit a ball. Haven't seen him in the gym, but you know, it looks like he's here. He's ready to go. You know, happy guy. 
Okay, and thought you're down a break. First match of the year in qualifying after all this shit going down. Thought. First thought in your head. Or are there any thoughts? Uh, I mean, there wasn't too many thoughts. It was just like, I really need to win this match so I can get the free hotel for five days. <laughs> but uh, It's expensive. The yeah, late Meridian yeah, is very expensive. Me, the tournament is very expensive. But uh, yeah, was able to find a way. So I started my year off on the right foot and I won the first challenger match of the new decade. So It's a big deal. Very, very um, good trivia question. <laughs> I'm sure that'll be in yeah, Trivial be Pursuit in, yeah. 25 or whatever. Um, you've also been playing in Asia um, team competitions, and I'm wondering if you can go into depth a little bit about why um, you're you're doing that and, and the funding aspects that go along with it. Yeah, so last year I played a um, money tournament in Vietnam representing... Um, a club there and that was really cool because uh, my mom is Vietnamese and she's from Vietnam speaks Vietnamese so it was really cool to go with her and share that experience with her while making um, a decent amount of money for a week's work Um, so that was really cool Um, additionally I went because I felt uh, that I could possibly get some sponsors in Vietnam from my heritage um yeah and and play a pretty lucrative uh week of money tournaments um so that was that was awesome okay you talk about arranging your schedule the right way but then talk about some of the money issues here you are saying i want to choose week to week but then you're like taking a trip to uh, asia next week yeah okay i see how i contradicted myself but but like so after newport beach i played newport beach because there is a direct flight from LA to Tokyo. So I played Tokyo uh, Japan League tennis the next week. Direct flight, nine hours, easy. Uh, get there, I play there for a week. And then I decided to come home and not play any tournaments for two weeks in order to rest from the jet lag, the matches. Um, and I and I and so I did that the last two and a half weeks before playing a tournament last week and coming to Indian Wells. I'm not, no, I'm not fighting you. I'm saying how important is it? I mean, I've done things before, whether it's world team tennis. I mean, I'm not fighting you on this at all. I mean, we've talked about money issues. We've talked about how difficult it is. And there are a lot of rainy days in tennis, whether it's injury, just so many matches lost in a row, like when we were in Marbella and looking down. Dark times. So talk about just how important it means to, you know, use an opportunity like you have, which is in Asia, regardless of the flight. I mean, you know, that yeah, change I mean, mentality. that's that's it's been really awesome to have, I guess, cultivated that in the last 12 months in Vietnam, in Japan to play these team matches. They help keep the lights on and team matches for me are so fun. I mean, I was joking, mm-hmm. showing some friends uh, last week uh, when I won the Newport Beach Challenger. I didn't celebrate. I just went and shook hands and then I celebrated because, you know, I was obviously super excited, but. Um, then I showed him a video of me winning the semifinal match in J- Japan League Tennis, and I and I jumped and screamed and like did like this crazy Rafa Nadal fist pump at my team, and like I mean, and this is like a Japan League match, you know? I mean, it, it was it's a pretty big deal there, but the rest of the world you can't even find it on like on results anywhere. So um, I think team matches bring out uh, the most emotion in me for sure, and so yeah. To make money and and have a wild enjoyment that's amazing 
Yeah. So how do you harness that to make sure it does improve your your individual results, if you will? Uh, I yeah, it's a tough question. I mean, I just you have to figure out a way to find a way to have that same emotion while playing a, a challenger match, you know, and um, it's difficult, but uh, yeah, I think that's just one thing that, you know, tennis could lack, but I mean, I just got to do a better job of that for sure. I mean, I know the question wasn't for me, but I would like to say it's nearly impossible. You know, I mean, it's, hmm. you know, I look around and then we were talking about this, Mike, and I'm, you know, I was just in Del Rey and I'm looking around and there was just a, it was just me and a few and a few people that lost that day. I was fortunate enough to win, but I'm like, why is it this? The morale in here is so down, and you know, yeah, you could be really upset with your team, but you're with the team. You're with people that are are with you and that whole misery loves company. I, I'm curious from uh, from your point of view, Ty, from somebody that has played more team events than probably the average guy around 150. Would you like to see more of them? Would you love to play more of them? Would you give up? some bigger tournaments to play them. I would give up every tournament to play team competitions. I mean, just the feelings of, you know, eating breakfast with a team, everyone hops on a team bus, you know, you're getting hype in the locker room. And even though I shared that with four Japanese guys that I'd spoken to maybe twice at Challengers around the world, like we really bonded in that week and it was super fun. We got really excited and that was an awesome experience. And I hope I get to play again next year. But to imagine that times 30 weeks a year with guys that you are going through the ups and downs with, kind of like college tennis, but we're on the pro tour for money. I mean, that would be absolutely insane. But, you know, it's never going to happen. So let's let's not get too far. Okay. Too far so, down but like, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree that it's, you know, almost not going to happen because the guys at the top are so antiquated in their thinking. But what I've been asking and, and talking to players, would you give up the opportunity to call yourself a top 50 player in the world to play team competition? Uh, full-time? Full-time team competition, but there is no individual ranking, so you'll never know if you're a top 50 player in the world. Y yes. I mean, if you pay the bills and you are, and I'm putting money away at the end of the year and, you get to play, and we're playing love your team life, competition yes. and we're getting fired up playing for the you know, Kansas city ball hawkers. Like that would be absolutely <laughs> nuts. You know, was that off the top of your head by the way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, super clever. You'd be here right there. I would love to play for Kansas city ball hawkers. <laughs> that's, that's only three and a half hours away from me. So Huge I'll come in franchise. <laughs> yeah. Big franchise. We have great investor, great owner. <laughs> the hunt family, I believe yes. uh, they own the chiefs. I mean, they could yeah. just move up right on over. Yep. Um, I want to change directions just a little bit here as we start to wind down. Um, I mentioned earlier that you are hard to read um, personality-wise, and you and I obviously, um, we share a love um, of, of poker. Um, in fact, I was playing all day today um, before <laughs> we did this interview. Um, I, won <laughs> I won $2. I won $2, Ty. Over like day, a six-hour so. yeah, That's a positive session, <laughs> yeah, though. That, that is a positive. You <laughs> you didn't lose away. thousands. Um, it, I, I'm wondering what, what you get out of that. I've talked to, um, several coaches who play and say that it, the, the level of thinking, um, and the, the meta game that goes into thinking and countering what your opponent's doing, um, really has a connection to tennis. And I'm wondering if that's accurate for you. Yeah, I'm a, 
I'm fairly competitive person and I really like playing live poker because some of the the live reads there I feel like are really exciting and um additionally on the in in a, the tennis world you have a decent amount of free time so on like off days um you know to play 3 4 hours it's you know not a horrible use of my time it stimulates my brain and um you know i'm not going to get injured doing it um things like that things like reading if if i can you know get off social media and get off my phone more and you know use my brain more i think it's a win so when uh, you know i i was a little bit intimidated to go play with you at the crown uh frankly cuz you guys <laughs> you and you and mac max Steislinger, who was there with you down in melbourne uh playing at higher stakes than i think i'm financially comfortable with cuz i'm poor um but i i, I really i do want to go play with you sometime just because i'm I'm terrified of reading you, and I want to see how much of my soul you're going to suck out of me. No, I mean, uh, some of my first uh, gambling trips were with him. I mean, and I didn't even know much about it. We were in Marbella and in Spain, and he's like, you have no idea. This is like the nicest place I've ever played. I'm yeah. like, I, I don't I don't gamble. I play poker. And right, I, right. That's right. And, and my poker style is I, I just put pressure on you the whole time. Yeah. Like, I have just constant pressure every hand. If you're in a hand with me, it's going to be... I might have it, I might not have it, but you're going to have a tough decision to make. So that's the way I play. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I try big, to... Big swings, big swings, yeah, big positive swings. negative. Yeah, no, <laughs> big and swings. I, and here I am, you know, he's not asking me to, but I'm trying to control these swings because either this guy has a grin ear to ear or there's a darkness in his soul. And like, <laughs> and like I've done it a few times. Obviously, it hurts. it hurts to lose the money, but like... To lose to some of the guys that sit at these poker tables, I mean, these are like, these are slobs, you know. So it hurts, hurts to lose to them, you know. It's a different and I just want to beat them, you know. Yeah, just competitive. I can attest to that. Yeah. And here I am playing um, blackjack with princes of Marbella, and we're just like, like, coke Shaw, let's do it. Um, uh, are we gonna see the blonde hair again this year, or no? Is that a thing of so, the past. So the thing is, the reasoning behind that was. I was going to get a tattoo, but I didn't want to get a tattoo because it was permanent. So I decided to dye my hair blonde. I actually, it wasn't on a whim. I thought about it for a couple months. I consulted a lot of people. I consulted a lot of my friends friends. that are girls. And I said, if I get this, you know, is this a horrible idea? And, you know, it was 50-50. And the result of, you know, what I had, it was okay. It was okay. I mean, I think (laughs) it could have been a lot worse. Could have been a lot worse. Yeah. That's true. Um, Ty, good luck this week. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess I, I I don't know when the next time I'm Phoenix. Maybe I see you in Phoenix. Are you in are you in Phoenix or no? Mm, maybe, maybe not. But uh, yeah, I think maybe not till uh, I guess the clay court challenger. Maybe yeah, Sarasota. I'm, o- I'm only I'm only doing one of those. I'm only doing uh, Savannah. Savannah. Yeah. All right. Well, Final week. I can't yeah. pass up Savannah. We don't. We don't. Really I like. I like Savannah. Savannah is. Super I do too. Awesome. Yeah. Of the three, Savannah is the best by far. Yeah. Yeah. Well, by uh, far. That's. My hands are clean on that one. I'm yeah, not you can't making say any anything. judgments. Yeah. No. All, well, I will all say Savannah yeah, is. You're not allowed to say things like that. But I will I say Savannah is my favorite city. I can. Uh, I can. In, I can say in the many things. <laughs> many things. Can say whatever I want. And he does. And that's Ty. Yeah. Thanks, Ty. Thanks, guys. Bye, listeners. The show might be over, but the conversation isn't. 
Join us on social media at NoahRubin33, at MikeCTennis, and at Behind the Racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you Behind the Racket. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com.